morning. It's October 5th, 2019, and you're listening to Breakfast Tales. I'm Andre. And I'm Vivian. And we're eating breakfast. For one, I mean, I mean, we've always eaten breakfast, but this time it's different. Oh my god, what are we eating today, Vivian? We're eating cinnamon rolls. Ooh, I love cinnamon. Yes, this was uh, some Pillsbury Doughboy cinnamon, so rolls. But the secret ingredient we added was... More cinnamon. Hey. I don't, I, I don't know if that was the correct technique to add more cinnamon, though. Eh, yeah, but what's life without a little experimentation, right? Yeah, I don't know. If we uh, get poisoned, uh, we know why. Yeah, if you don't hear from us next week, we may or may not be dead, or we're just being lazy. So it's one of those two things. Mm. True. Anyways, um, it's actually not really breakfast time. We went and did some garage sailing before this, but we're it's on It's before now. noon, so, you know, still morning. I guess barely. <laughs> um, but today, I wanted to talk about interviewing Mm. more specifically well i mean not more specifically i wanted to talk about both sides of the equation right yes because recently i went through an interview process and recently vivian interviewed people so i was on one side and vivian's on the other side kind of like how we're sitting at this table right now how genius yeah so um (laughs) i guess yours was more recent so do you want to talk about what it was like to interview. interview people. Yes, to interview people. So I did. So we always do this interview program um, every semester at the local university, in this case, the University of Texas. Welcome. At Austin, yes. Um, so every semester we always do one. So fall and spring, I just did the fall interviews. Uh, and um, so the process is pretty typical. We get resumes. We're like, this person, sure, we'll spend some time asking them questions. Is it like more technical or more kind of HR personality type questions? These are more HR personality type questions. So I guess the first stage of interviewing is looking at resumes, right? I have a great process of resumes where I don't know if this is normal for other interviewers, but for me, what I try to do is I try to avoid looking at names when I look at resumes because there's a lot of information there that you want to hold back on. And then I just kind of look through... And it's interesting from these resumes is that a lot of people go through, like, um, resume, like, templates from Indeed or something, and it's awful for technical roles. Oh, really? Yeah. It's actually, like, it doesn't highlight any technical skills, so at a glance you actually end up looking like somewhat of a terrible candidate. Because it's just like, hey, what's your job? What's your what's like your job history like? And then, like maybe there's a skill section, but it's very meh. And like one thing that is very technical that I care about is specific projects that you work on, because that's really seeing like what did you work on? Like what did you? That's more technical, right? If you do those any resume templates, are terrible. So a lot of candidates, I'm looking at them like, I I don't know. <laughs> And so part of me wants to, like, ignore them because of that. But eventually I go around a second round and I'm like, okay, I don't know much about them. So now I have to, like, bring them in, right? Um, anyways, that's my beef about resumes. Also, if it's more than two pages, if it's, like, two pages or more, I get really mad. Yeah, I feel like it used to be common um, advice that people would give you to just do even just a single page resume, right? Yeah. I don't know. So that's what I'm confused about is that I think 
when I was job hunting uh, back in college, like, I mean, this is basically almost seven years ago at this point, they, that, that at that time, the protocol they would recommend is to like, try to keep it one page, right? Unless you're a master's or a PhD. So yeah, yes, you have like a lot of references for any sort of paper that you have or any sort of other thesis information, right? Yeah, like papers published. Yeah. But if you're yeah, like but if you're like a bachelor's, I don't I don't find it necessary for you to go past one, more than like a page. So I, I also look at that. I don't know. I'm just like a lazy skimmer, I guess. Um, but anyways, in the interview process, we bring people in. I mean, the first one he- we do is more HR, like, hey, tell me about yourself. Like, just, you have this 10-15 minute frame that I've given you right now to advertise yourself to the maximum. What are you gonna give me? Yeah, and, I yeah. usually hate that question. I know, it's really awful, but like, I, it kind of helps, as an interviewer, it helps me, like, figure out who you are, and then I kind of formulate questions that might fit better for me to, like, really dig into who you are as a person and what's your experience and what's your skill set. Because I'm really starting off with, I have no idea anything about you. So, like, I don't know if this guy has a sense of humor. I can't, can I throw a joke here and try to keep him, like, less nervous, which everyone's nervous anyways. Yeah, I mean... You're being interviewed that yeah. can change the course of your life. Oh, so. yeah. It's very frightening. And I, I always try to be nice. I'm like, I smile. I don't know if it ever works. And then they always look really scared. And I feel bad. I'm like, I know how it feels on the other side. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to judge you for that. I mean, it's totally normal. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, and like, so I think a lot of people actually, what they need to work on is that advertisement of themselves. Like, you gotta, which is, I think, for engineers is hard, because you're not so much about ranting and then showing off what you can do and everything. Your ego's not that big. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. I mean, it kind of, it's like, it's just, I feel like most engineers are more awkward about it. Um, And I guess one thing that might contribute to that is a lot of times... If you go into an interview, you don't know who you're talking to. Like, is it an HR person or is it actually a technical engineer position? And so you don't know how much technical you can get into. Um, and uh, what was actually kind of funny from the interviews that I did uh, which, with these senior college students is that um, I'm in the room with them along with our HR guy. And... <laughs> When they go in, we just kind of introduce our names. That's kind of it. We don't say anything about our roles. And they go really deep dive technical with with the HR guy a lot more. And he just, like, stares at them like, I don't know what any of these words mean. And he looks at me like, save me. And I'm like, okay, uh, yes, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And then then I, then if I actually want to know more, like, they, a lot of people, they just go really high levels of like technical topics um that an average person would understand and i'm like okay now i need to dig into what your knowledge is so i just ask more specific questions then kind of put them on the spot actually to see if they know what they're talking about mm-hmm. yeah Oops. so that's interesting because that's actually very different from how my interview went mm-hmm. <laughs> because i mean i i've interviewed a few times um, and they, 
they both have gone about the same way for me now that I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm going, I've been working for long enough that I'm going for more of the senior um, kind of positions, the senior engineering kind of positions, but it's strange because the interview process actually doesn't cha- doesn't seem to be changing depending on the role. Like when I interviewed for an entry level job, it feels exactly the same yes. as interviewing for the senior level positions, which to my mind makes no sense, mm-hmm. right? So the last couple that I've done, I've been getting like these really entry level questions. So like if you are if you are uh, going for a programming position at any company at an entry level, they're going to ask you, what is polymorphism? Mm-hmm. 1,000% they will ask you this question. Just memorize a definition and you'll be fine. But I'm going for a senior level position. I've been working in the industry for like five, six, seven years now, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm still, and I, I'm getting this question and I'm like, why are you asking me this question? I get that you asked this question for entry-level people just to know if they're, like, basically competent. But for somebody that's been working long enough, why are you asking them this question? So, as an interviewer, the reason... I, I kind of the explanation for that, as from my side of it, from being an interviewer, is that you're just double-checking that the person is competent. Because <laughs> I have seen a lot of people, they may be applying for positions... And they really boost up their resume, for example. Um, And, I mean, like, everything points to, yes, they should, they've been in the field, they have a lot of knowledge and stuff. And then they walk into the room, and then you ask them a technical question, and it's, the answer back is abysmal. You're like, I don't, you're like, okay, was your resume just padded? So it's just, I mean, I can understand them maybe asking it just as, like, a safe check, see, like, is this person truly the skill level that they're advertising themselves at, right? Right. But, I mean, that would make sense if you're asking them questions about a skill that's on their resume, right? So, like, for me, mm-hmm. I work within the kind of CICD, which is Continuous Integration, Continuous Development. And so there's there's tools that we all use that are kind of standard and that we're putting on our resumes for, like, Kubernetes mm-hmm. or Docker, but nobody's asking you questions about that. They're asking you, what's polymorphism? And you're like, I haven't had to think about what polymorphism is for like nine years. Yes, it's one of those basic <laughs> things where you're like, why did I have to re- go back to this basic thing? And and yeah. in normal, as a programmer, you never have to know what the definition of polymorphism is. You just know how to program, right? Yeah. No one is like... Oh, because uh, because Java is a poly is has polymorphism in it. That means I can do this. No, you're just like okay. Let me call this function. Let me call this class. Yeah, you know, like it, that's just the functionality of it, right? You're like okay, I'm just gonna yeah yeah. So that's call why this function for me, this. it feels silly to ask somebody that's going for a senior level position mm-hmm. that kind of question versus spending the time asking them about like actual skill things. So like. Say you have actual a, solution, for example. Yeah, so or like something. say you have a Kubernetes cluster and you want to deploy mm-hmm. um, three pods and you want it to horizontally scale. Would you know how to do something like this and how would you do it? Like that seems a lot more relevant mm-hmm. to a position and to what the person's skills are than what's polymorphism. 
Yeah. So, I don't know. That's my rant about that. <laughs> and another explanation for, as an interviewer, from the, the possibility of why they don't go that extra step of just going straight to, let's talk about what you've actually, like, what have you developed before and stuff, mm-hmm. is that takes effort. <laughs> because then you're now formulating questions unique to this interviewee. And the background of it all, these people who are doing these technical questions are probably engineers who are actively working in their, they find out about them interviewing this person probably like a day before. Yeah. Right. So uh, that is probably what's happening. Yes, it should be better. It should not like the other other thing that they're asking is this is a list of cookie cutter questions that they receive from somebody probably. They're like, okay, I'm just going to step through all these questions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One final rant about polymorphism (laughs) is there's actually multiple kinds. Yes. Like, I started, because I kept getting this stupid question, I started reading into it more, and there's, like, so many different kinds. Within programming, there's Mm -hmm. multiple different kinds of polymorphism. There's dynamic, there's static, Mm -hmm. there's, there's another one that I'm forgetting, and it's, like... If you, if you went into this much detail, their eyes would just like glaze over. Yeah. They wouldn't even, well, the thing is they don't probably don't even remember it that much themselves. So that's why I'm like, it's a worthless question. It doesn't tell you anything. Stop asking it. Yeah. Anyways. Um, the other element that I've been going through, um, with a lot of these is these, uh, programming tests. You'll find these with like the bigger companies. They all have, um, some kind of system in order to test your actual programming skill, which is like oh, here's a whatever, here's an array, do some stupid thing to it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a fine test, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I just don't like how contrived they are because they're like, okay, so I want you to do this thing in any language you want. You're like, okay, so I can use any language I want. They're like, yep. And I'm like, okay, then I'm going to use Python and then I'm going to use this function. And they're like, don't do it using built-in functions. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I I guess I can do it the hard way if you want me to, but yeah. I feel like me doing it the simple way still shows that I have mastery, right? Um, so as an interviewer, we do a similar thing with our programming um, questions, and a lot of people are like, I just use this function. They're like, what if you didn't have that function is what I always have to add on. And the reason is the re- these programming questions are for what is your programming problem-solving skills? Like, mm-hmm. what is your thinking process is what we're trying to... That's the information they're trying to get. They don't really care about the solution or what, so, like, what your solution is. Or, like, like how, fi- like, how quickly can you put that together? And what approach are you doing? Are you doing something that... I mean, like, what are you getting hung up on? We're just behavior-wise. We're like, what is it that... What is your programming style, I guess? And then what is your problem-solving skill with that? Can you come up with an algorithm? Are you capable of that? Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's what I use programming questions for. I don't really care if you figure out this function's amazing or not that you created. Yeah. The, the only thing that I don't really like is a lot of the times when you're... So whenever you get that question, you're like, oh, I can do it this way. And they're like, no... I want you to do it a different way. And then you start doing it. And then they're like, that's not exactly what I want. This is not exactly how I would do it. Okay. I have seen that before with some interviewers. That's annoying to me because like, dude, 
you this is like this is like being on chopped right the tv show mm-hmm. where it's like here let me give you this insanely pro insanely difficult problem give you no time to prepare and i want you to give me the exact solution that i'm looking for and it has to be perfect and it's like okay let me let me just kind of work towards a solution and then they're still like they're looking over your shoulder as you're doing it right mm-hmm. and so you feel the pressure of them there and so you're like yeah uh uh let me do this let me try this and it's like when you when you're working normally you can just sit there and think for a little while yeah right versus if you if you're sitting there with like your eyes glazed over thinking of a solution in an interview they're gonna think that you don't know what you're doing so yeah well okay so there are some interviewers that will think like that. I I definitely know what that feels like. And so, I don't know, this is a personal thing that I do because I interview people, is that I understand that they're thinking. Um, what I request them to do is, like, I know you're thinking through a solution. It's in your head. If you can just be wordy and just say what you're coming, what comes in through your head, like, it could be word spaghetti coming out of your mouth but i don't care i would like to hear what your thinking process is i know it sounds stupid but that's what i request for people it's like yes i know you're sitting there thinking but i would like to kind of sit through the flow it's not going to bother me i'm just trying to gauge you right um and then the other thing that you bring up is that they're like that where where they say well that's not what i was looking for and stuff like that or that's not the right approach or something i also think that's one, maybe a poorly set up programming question. Two, it also as an interviewer, that's not necessarily the best one because you're confusing them. And what you're wanting them to do is reach a, a single solution that that you think is correct, which is not the point of the programming question. It should be that, and also that is a bad programming question because you should give them a programming question that is that can have multiple solutions. Right. That's I mean, the point of it. Everything has multiple solutions, yes. right? And so, so you can't force them into a single one. It's just wrong. Especially if you, <laughs> if they have no time, right? Basically, yeah. you're putting them in... It, it's like the triangle, right? You can choose three, right? Mm-hmm. You can choose two of the three. You can choose, like, speed, cost, and, like, quality, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So you're, you've already thrown out... You've already thrown out that you want speed, right? Mm-hmm. And so... You only have one more to choose. <laughs> yeah. So and then like, now you're now that you've thrown out speed, the quality, you're not going to get, like, the most, of, like, efficient solution, right? This thing is going to take way a long time to process and run, probably, and execute. Yeah. So, so my main problem is that, for me, I'm kind of a visual person, even if yeah. it's, like, internal visualization. So, for me, I actually, like, will just kind of close my eyes a lot of the times when I'm thinking really hard because I'm just trying to ignore mm-hmm. what I'm actually seeing so that I could see the the flow, the like the programming flow in my head. And then once I can see the flow, then I can actually kind of describe what I'm doing and I can start writing it out. But like in interview situations, um, I'm having to talk as I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's actually distracting for me mm-hmm. because I... I, I know as, as an interviewee, that's good technique to show the interviewer what you're thinking, your process and all that. Mm-hmm. But like, it actually is taking a lot of brain power from me yeah. that I could be using towards making the solution. So it's like, I, I'm splitting my, my, my efforts mm-hmm. in order to come up with a solution really fast also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, 
it, it can be really frustrating to do that kind of thing. Yeah, I can really, I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So it that that's just like the nature of how these interviews go, especially so, for like yeah technical programming. Yeah. Side of it. Yeah, and the 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 weird thing is though that a lot of times people aren't asking you about your skills though when it comes to those programming tests it's just like can you can, can you do you... this basic level of programming yeah it's not like can you learn new skills quickly can you like adapt to change how do you do how do you handle like time crunch things like that things that are actually really important mm-hmm. to um actually work life i guess my problem with those kind of questions is that yes we can ask you that everyone's just gonna say yes and that means nothing to me well don't ask them a yes or no question right that's that's the the situation where you do the like explain to me a time when blah 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 right so it'd be like tell me a recent example of um a project where you were way behind schedule Mm-hmm. Um, and what did you do? And what did you do yeah. to try to meet the deadline or something like that? And so then you can you can see them try to piece together the story, right? And then you can so. decide for yourself if it's believable or not. And a lot of times the problem is I have heard answers which I think they made up. Yeah, I mean, but it's that from it's what everyone recommends them to answer that question. It's formulated in the same format that all these guides say, and so I just like can't believe them. Yeah, but I mean that's a perfectly valid like take on their story my my take on it is you prepared very well for this interview i still don't know what your skill set is though but being prepared being well prepared for the interview also tells you something about the person as well right it can in other cases once again it doesn't prove their skill set we have seen very good interviewees and their skill set's abysmal in reality they're just very good at speaking yeah i mean And presenting you, you'll themselves. never know what they're like in the workplace until yeah. they join you, right? That's why most companies have that whatever time frame. Yeah, we have like a 30-day. Yeah, so, I mean, that's standard, right? Mm-hmm. So, we, we all we all do the best we can to figure yeah. out if the person has the skills beforehand, but there's no way you'll actually know until mm-hmm. you join, right? Sometimes, yeah. I mean, yeah, so when it comes down to it, it when they could have like a specific work personality, that they didn't show in the interview, for example. Yeah, you'll never, it, it's just like dating, right? You mm-hmm. don't know the person until you live with them. Yeah, that's true. But you want to have some reason and some inkling of why you want to hire that person, right? Right. So. That's why I think it was interesting in, in the last interview I did. Nobody ever asked me really a question about me. Yeah, that's a little weird. It was... I had I had HR interview, which I never count as anything because... Basically, if you get the HR phone interview, they're already going to interview you, right? Mm -hmm. Because they've decided that you're worthwhile, so they're already going to bring you in. So the HR one, always worthless. I just assume I'm going to the next step. And then after that, I had the programming one. And then after that, I had a weird one. And the weird one, nobody asked me anything about me. They didn't ask me a single question about my skills, Mm -hmm. like what I've done, anything like that. So it's like... What are you looking for? Yeah, that was a really weird one. I don't quite understand what they were looking for either. Yeah. Very strange format, honestly. So it the whole the interview world is wide and weird. Yeah. And everyone does whatever they feel like and nothing really makes sense. I remember at IBM right now, we have this new program to to hire people mm-hmm. in which there's some department out there and their whole job is to 
find candidates and hire them. But the problem is they don't tell the teams that the people are going to. Yeah. Like, we don't get to know anything about the candidates until they're like, so we're like, we want somebody. And then they go, okay, I found somebody here, have them. Mm -hmm. We hired them. And then, so we don't get any say on if we, if we think they're good or bad, they're, they're capable or not. Yeah. It's just, they show up and, uh, and then they go. start working. Yeah. And so everyone's like, who's this guy? Where did he come from? Does he know stuff? Is he good? Like, yeah. what's his background? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like, has he been in the field for like five years? Like, who is he? <laughs> yeah. So some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Yeah. And it actually is really bad when you get somebody bad, right? Because we're on a super fast scheduled project mm -hmm. and we're getting people that are not going very fast. And so it's slowing other, it, it's slowing us down, actually. Having, yeah. having the additional manpower is actually slowing us down. Because one, you're using, so you're, you and the other people are using their own resources to probably help this guy. And also, in general, there's probably things being backlogged until his portion is done, right? right. Something like that. Yeah, because we have to we have to slow down to try to explain and help that person. Mm -hmm. And then that means I can't do my other work, right? Yeah. And so that's a weird process that IBM does. So I don't really understand the whole the whole way that interviewing and hiring is going has been. It seems to be totally wacky nowadays, I, I especially mean, for software. I feel like it'll, it's always been wacky. <laughs> That's what I feel like it's always been. I feel like the interview process hasn't really changed much other than it's like still the same standard stuff, um, which I guess maybe is good because you at least understand what you might find yourself getting into. But it's in the end, you're like, it depends on who's doing the interview interviews, right? And then, like, what company and what their policies are for what's the interview format. Yeah. I feel some companies are wonky. I don't know. I just feel like we should be improving... The interview that, process? Yeah, the interview and the hiring process over time, not keeping it static. So an interesting thing is, I think it's starting to become... I don't know if it's becoming a thing. I mean, you're... You had something similar with this with how you were doing the programming test, is that there's more like online tests that people are doing now, which is you don't have an interviewer sitting there actively sometimes. Just kind of depends. There's some differences there. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes it's like at, on your own time, you can fill it out and do these online tests. It could be anything from like programming questions. I've seen that. And then another one that people like to do is personality tests for some reason. I don't know why it's a thing now. It makes more sense in other careers that involve like human interactions. <laughs> We, for my company, we do it for salespeople, which makes sense. We're like, yeah, what, like if there, a lot of it is also like, uh, what's that? Um, not morality questions, uh, work ethics. ethics. Yeah, yes. Okay. <laughs> ethics, like ethical morality. questions. So like, like with sales, it's like ethical questions. There's that, a train. There's like ethical questions about like some sales stuff that could pop up and see how they react to it. Just like, I don't know. And see what they do. Versus, like, a person's like, well, that's clearly stealing, and they're okay with that. That's not good. We shouldn't hire this person. Yeah. I mean, uh, standardized tests, I'm always against, but <laughs> I guess that's where we're going. It might be. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. Well, what can you do? It's the world we live in. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's just like there's people are trying to make things easier on themselves and they've just if they just throw everyone in the same bucket on the same level, they think maybe it's better. <laughs> yeah, everyone's unique. So 
the interview process should be more flexible to that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's about all the time we have for today. All right. I mean, it's a beefy subject. Yeah. Maybe we'll continue this another day. More ranting about it? Yeah. We'll <laughs> see how it goes. Yay. <laughs> Anyways, um, I hope everyone enjoyed listening to us babble on about interviews. Um, if you want more from us, you can listen to all our old episodes, or you can look forward <clears throat> to our next episodes. Um, we always tweet them out at btails underscore podcast on Twitter, or you can just follow us on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. We're we're everywhere. We're everywhere. Anyways, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.